Medicine doesn't care about women, and medicine pathways are very much centered towards a white-centric audience. So I'm going to dismantle that for you today. I'm going to talk about my work, but also I'm going to take you on a journey of what I've been doing and where I've come from. So you know a little bit about me already, but I think the proudest thing is I'm a mother to three boys. I wanted a daughter. It didn't happen. We had a three boys instead. But also, I'm a first-generation immigrant living in England, and I wanted to show you a little bit about me in a rap form, as you do. This is by a rapper in America called Shubu, and she does uh, lots of content about being a first-generation American in America and trying to get her music off the ground. But just take a listen, because this is my roots. Don't listen to this unless you're ready for an absolute banger. Call it immigration, call it integration, call it all the pockets and the hottest in the nation. It was no vacation, mom and papa made it. Took a penny, turned it to a milli, now we're famous. Always be the outcast, always be the underdog. Do the work in silence, never let them cut you off. You are not a token, you are not a trophy. You're a freaking gangster, everything they want to be. So I'm not a gangster. <laughs> Don't applaud that too much. I'm not a gangster. My three kids are here. So <laughs> that's the last thing I want them to know, that it's okay to do that. But essentially, I wasn't seen. I wasn't heard of. And when I did medicine, I went into medical school, and I thought, right, I'm a doctor now. I'm a South Asian woman. I wear a hijab, and I can go into my surgeries. My father is an imam, and he works in the local mosque. I grew up in a mosque, and so women talk and they talk a lot when they're in places of safety and places of comfort. And they would constantly say to me, I'm not being listened to. And I would say, how is that possible? Because I work within the NHS. This is the system that I'm working in. Why is it that women that look like me and sound like me are not being seen and they're not visible? And basically, it came to a lot of different things. We do have systemic misogyny, and unfortunately, that is still rife, and we can see that currently in 2023. I don't have to tell you about that, but we have internalized misogyny. Within communities and women of South Asian origin and black communities, I didn't have it that bad. Why are you complaining? And women say that. In fact, some of the women that I would speak to would say the female doctor was the worst. It was the male doctor that understood a lot about my pain and my endometriosis, and then I got investigated. We do have a long history of systemic racism, and nowhere did that come far more forefront in the pandemic. COVID-19 hit, there was a novel virus, and actually 90% of communities from black and Asian societies were impacted because they had the most face-forward face, face role. And then it took SAGE, which is our government body, um, towards the middle of the pandemic to realize that we had greater deaths, but these were deaths amongst healthcare professionals and doctors. So you had black and Asian doctors dying. Surely they don't have lack of poverty. They don't have issues of access to healthcare. So why are we losing black and Asian doctors? And it took Sage to say there is institutionalized racism within the NHS. Something that we had been saying. However, we gaslight a lot. And we gaslight our black and Asian communities a lot, and we gaslight women a lot. And when there is a lack of inclusion, and we've gaslighted women so long, because the research that we base around women is actually firstly forefound in men, and then we say, no, 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 but women are just smaller men. I'll give you a prime example, heart attacks. So 
Heart attacks, women actually, is the leading cause of death in women. However, the signs and symptoms of somebody clutching their chest and falling to the floor and looking all pale, you know that picture that we see in the movies and every pic sort of magazine that you pick up of a man looking gray? Well, the research was all done on men and they said, women get these exact same symptoms, missing the fact that women have something called periods. They have cyclical changes, they have hormonal changes, they have estrogen and progesterone, which fluctuates. And also women's symptoms aren't that they get centralized chest pain, which goes into the left arm and up into the jaw. Women end up getting more subtle symptoms, like a mild ache, flu-like symptoms. They actually might just get sort of shoulder, bilateral shoulder pain. They might not actually get it on the left side, they get it on the right side. They get indigestion type symptoms, a stomach upset, which when they go to the doctor, we say, no, this can't be a heart attack and send her home. And so we see this repeatedly within the NHS. But what happens if you're from a black and Asian community and you don't even have English as your first language? What happens when actually you don't have the words to be able to describe some of the symptoms? I'll give you a little story, went into the mosque and said, Oh, some of the symptoms that you're describing. So women would describe things like um, aches and pains, tinnitus, burning sensation in their mouth. They would say to me, I go to the doctor and all they want to do is give me antidepressants. And I know that I'm not depressed, but I'm coming up to my 50s and my periods are lessening. But also I'm finding that I'm becoming exhausted all the time. I'm tearful a lot more. I've lost my sense of self and I've got brain fog. But the doctor said to me, there's no such thing as brain fog. And I'd say to the women in the mosque, I'm telling you as a doctor who does women's health, you're describing symptoms of the menopause and you need to go back to the doctor. There is something called perimenopause when you have periods and menopausal symptoms because of fluctuations of estrogen and progesterone. And they would look at me and laugh. No, 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 no. Dr. Arif, what you're describing is something that only happens to white women. <gasps> the shock and the horror on my face, because that's surely, because they don't have the word for menopause. We don't have a word for our basic anatomy. And when you've got a society that has a lot of faith as an aspect, they use faith, I'll pray hard enough, I'll speak to Allah. Menopause doesn't happen to us, what you're talking about. We have all these issues where when we go to the healthcare service provider, actually, we are talking about the fact that I don't trust this service will do the best for me. I'm worried about HRT and breast cancer. I'm worried about what I will mean in regards to longer term outcomes because I can't even communicate. So we have something called the women's health strategy where we looked at placing not just equality, but equity. How do you talk to a woman who talking about breasts is so um, stigmatized because it's hypersexualized and teach them about the fact that they need to do breast exam? So we have developed something called the Women's Health Strategy in the UK, which is looking at how we can have equity and clinical pathways that don't put women as just being a clump. Black and Asian women are just a monolith of one society. No, we're not. We've got nuances. Women of different communities have nuances. And we have different ways that we need the information access to us. Because equity is achieved when everyone can attain their full health potential and no one is disadvantaged. For the first time, we can hold governments accountable for the fact that women's health is a priority, so medicine does care about women, but also all the clinical pathways aren't for the white middle-class user of the service. So what do I do? I make TikToks, of course I do. <laughs> How do we do it? In the pandemic, I realized I was having the same conversation again and again with the women. And 
what I was doing was telehealth, but I needed to put that into a wider context. TikTok gave me that platform. And what I did was I made content in my language. so it means that women are seen and they're heard, but I have still barriers. When I use the Giphy app, and I know Nick is here, I can't find women who look like me still on there. There is an issue in regards to AI and how much it represents what I look like and whether I even exist. And Monica's talk, talked a lot about that. And that is exactly the barriers that we still have. But the thing about using images more than language is the fact that a black woman showing aches and pains cuts right through to that Asian woman who for her English is not the first language. My videos got downloaded and got put into the family WhatsApp group because then there was a universal language of just moving pictures. And I used lots of giphys and moving parts in order to make my videos accessible, but also under two minutes, which is really hard to do, <laughs> to share that. But also to show is women in English. brain fog a real menopausal symptom? We're not going to gaslight yeah, you. Yeah, it is real. For far too long, we've ignored this symptom. But we now know that one of the main female hormones, estrogen and testosterone, play an important role in cognition and memory. When the level of these hormones begin to fall during perimenopause and menopause, this can lead to a range of cognitive some mental symptoms as well, including memory loss, difficulty staying focused, word finding difficulties, losing your train of thought and getting confused easily. So, does medicine care about women? Yes, it has to. Because I fundamentally believe, even though I'm the mother of three sons, that the woman's health, if she's well, the household is well. If the household is well, the economy thrives. For a society to do well, it starts by looking after your women, looking after your young girls in the home. Do I believe medicine has an issue in regards to equity? Yes, it does. But there are ways that we can do to make sure that we empower each other within our communities to talk to our community in the language that we understand. And sometimes it doesn't even mean that you have to use words. You can just use moving images. And there are a whole load of apps and uh, availability to do that. But we still have a long way to go. And then to make something like governments listen in order to make sure that that happens. I go on a lot about menopause and women, uh, and I talk a lot about the fact that being seen means that you feel represented. If you see it, you can be it. I do TV work, and when women see me, actually, they don't even listen to what I'm saying. The first thing is that there's a woman talking about vaginal dryness in a hijab. <laughs> and that's incredible. But also, I'm always reminded of the fact that, how did I start? That little girl that was nine years old that came here, in a summer dress in pouring rain in England with flip-flops, my father had assured us that actually it was a really sunny time in England. Now, that never happens. <laughs> but also, the fact that when nine-year-old Nagat was the first child in her household to learn English was translating periods, miscarriage, fibroids, hadn't realized that nearly 40-year-old Nagat is still translating the same things for her community because nothing has changed. But we are capable of that. I'm reminded of the words of Colleen Hoover, a writer and a poet from America, 
who said that women have inbuilt pain, but women are also the center of the household. And she said, my grandmother went through pain. My mother went through pain. I'm going through pain. And I'll be damned if my daughter goes through it. It stops with me. It stops with us. So to get equity in healthcare, it's us. It's actually not a computer technology. It's not, it means us making sure that we're bringing up people to the table where decisions are made. When innovative conversations are happening, we're pulling out chairs. And if we're not pulling out chairs, we're inviting people to make sure that they put names within those chairs. And when you get to a ceiling, that you don't push the ladder after you. No, you invite more people up there because change is us. Because I'll be damned if in another 40 years, I've still got the fact that it takes 10 years to diagnose endometriosis, the fact that heart attack symptoms are still the biggest killer in women, and the fact that medicine doesn't care about women when it really does. Thank you.